Here we go. Welcome back. This is episode... Are we episode number seven? Lucky number seven. Lucky seven. Episode Lucky seven. seven. They said we'd never get this far. They did. They were banging on the doors <laughs> saying, no more. No more Australian British stuff. We've had it. But no. Let's, we look, we're going to get back on track after the last episode, which we barely talked about anything related. Mm. <laughs> but it was fine. <laughs> it was good. Uh, good was feedback. Good. Oh, yeah. I've had, yeah, top feedback. Ooh. So, you know, hey. There we go. Someone's loving it. And if we can please one person, and that's all right. <laughs> that's it. I reckon. Yes, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I totally forgot we had arranged this time and day for recording. And it just sort of came to me, uh, like literally about 30 seconds ago, like the memory of working out the time and everything. Because you sent me a message about 10 minutes ago and you're like, oh, I'm just setting up. I'll be, I'll be ready to go. And I'm yeah. just like, what is this? Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, has it been a, a tough, a tough time well, in Oz? No, it's just lucky that I have no life and I'm always around. I... <laughs> <laughs> and all I need is 10 minutes and I can just start Yay! a podcast with anybody. <laughs> oh. The dream, a podcast nomad. That's what oh, you are. <laughs> it's 6.30 p.m. here and, like, I am literally out after dark oh, yeah. maybe once or twice a month these days. I just don't go out at night anymore. Is that because so, of the vampires? Or? Yeah, the, the killer vampires and the killer wildlife. No, I just yeah. I just don't go outside at night. I mean, there's no reason for me to. I rarely no. eat out for dinner, very rarely. Yeah. I mm. just I don't go out at night. And I have noticed, like, I'm not old, old, but it is harder for me to see when I'm driving at night than it used to be. I have noticed that a bit. And, like, all these cars with these new, like, with the LED lights, they are blinding. Especially when you get, like, some joker in a four-wheel drive sits right behind you with these massive LED spotlights going straight into your mirrors, which come straight back into your eyeballs. It doesn't make seeing into the darkness any easier. It's um, Bastards. It's pretty crazy. I hate electric cars. I mean, cars are annoying, but I hate sneaky electric cars. I mean, I, I can drive, but I don't drive because... It terrifies me and I need to regain my confidence. Like, I don't know if you've driven in England before, but... Uh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> but, like, I go out for a run every other evening. And, like, electric cars just are so silent and they're so scary. It might as well be, like, a predator sneaking up on me. They are very quiet because there's no engine noise. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder because I, I, I heard that they're going to... Um, people are going to put fake noises on the yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's going to be an engineering noise, engine noise or if it's going I heard to be about something that. really stupid. Like a... They're going to put like fake car noise onto electric yeah. cars because people can't hear them coming. They should just make the car talk like, I'm coming around the corner. I oh. actually find them more obvious. Like I notice them more. Because really? they're quiet. Because I can see them and I can yeah. like I can hear the wheels turning on the road. But the oh. absence of engine noise makes them really obvious to me. I don't maybe know if that's just me. Used, yeah, maybe it's like an Australian thing where like you're more used to silent predators, so you've got like a sense of like <laughs> oh it's like, I can there's sense this, this danger. <laughs> there's that giant metal thing that's moving around, but it's really quiet. Yeah, you notice those things. Yeah, know. maybe you have like more open spaces there, whereas like in England everything's so built up and cool. Oh, that's just and where you are. Dips though. and hills and crazy one-way streets and stuff. It's like if you're going to be around the city, it'll be like it's that. Horrid. But if you're walking down some tiny lane down yeah. in Cornwall or something, you'll hear an electric car because there's nothing else around. And a pasty. Yeah, you can't <laughs> say no. I, I'm just imagining a little a pasty with like little arms and legs just walking around. <laughs> that, that 
that's yeah, that's that's what Cornish people look like. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm they joking. look like that, don't and they and, and they and they all talk like pirates. It's great. Oh my god, don't come for me, Cornwall. Honestly, <laughs> like Cornish people want to have like I think they're trying to relearn the original language. They want to be separate from the UK. They've got real oh. issues with rich London idiots buying their second <laughs> homes in Cornwall, so Cornish people can't afford to like live there. Yeah, it's a big problem. Cornish problems. No, I I lived down there for about a year. What did you do? <laughs> Not a lot. What did I do? That's a, that's a really good question. Did I was you do help, cool? I was I was helping renovating a house for probably like on and off probably for six months. Oh. And the rest of the time, I just sort of wandered around and yeah, ate pasties and really nothing. Sit there and watch um watch Sky, watch Frasier, just watch TV. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. It's good that you got to do something in Cornwall because I think that's the other thing is like there's nothing that people can really do apart from tourist season, basically. I've heard. I could be wrong, you know. And I've never been to Cornwall. You've it's never been to Cornwall. Journey. You'd live... <laughs> it's a far journey. Right. I'm going to tell you. Okay. I went on a business trip yesterday. I went to Bletchley Park in Buckinghamshire. It was a two hour, 45 minute journey. I had to go to London, Paddington, change at Euston, go to Bletchley and then do it back. Okay. I travelled off peak times. Do you know how much my train ticket cost me? Uh, it's two hours forty-five each way. Yeah. So you're fi- over five hours, uh, almost six. I will guess about seventy-five pounds. A hundred and twenty pounds. Oh, jeez, what? Okay, and, and that's, that's off with, peak. That's off peak, and that's with me buying it with like a specific train that I had to get on the way in. In fact, my return was a super off peak. But that is, so, but that is like a last-minute purchase, right? You didn't buy it three months in advance. Oh no, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it three months in advance. But it's still insane. And then yeah, I had there was another one that I I managed to get off. Like I booked a month in advance which i got for 80 pounds return instead of 177 mm. but like traveling anywhere on a train and like trying to book things in advance at the moment i'm just like a going to cornwall right so the price of a train ticket will cost me the same price as me doing a return to like paris or something <laughs> and then yeah, the accommodation um, would be yeah. do you know what i mean like like literally it's just so hilarious in england it's just cheaper to go on a european holiday yeah i know exactly yeah. what that's like because um it's the same here like i'm in adelaide right now mm. but if i wanted to go to melbourne for three week holiday so you gotta pay either yeah you know, i just fly it's probably about hundred dollars for a flight, right? It's not it's not mm. that far. So two hundred return for the flight. But then the accommodation. You gotta pay three weeks accommodation, you got your transport and everything. I can literally go to Malaysia or Thailand for cheaper for the That's same crazy. amount of time. That's how exp- like it's the same in England. There's just, Yeah, yeah. You can't even holiday in your own country. You know, it could be half the price to like get a cheapo flight over to like Orlando for a mu- yeah, for yeah, a few yeah. weeks. It's yeah, just crazy 100%. that you can't even holiday in your own country. No. What like, what what uh, is this world? What is happening? It's yeah, so a hotel on average a hotel room in England is about 70 quid a night on average. I mean, obviously if you go up north it's a bit Similar similar here it's probably about 130 150 dollars so it's about the same it amazes me so like in bath it's uh bath is a really big tourism hotspot i mean we've got it it's beautiful we've got it's bridgerton sent like all of bridgerton's filmed here it's got the royal Mm. crescent it's got the roman bars you know it's it's hen parties every night and it's really expensive Hmm. and i just find it absolutely fascinating 
that during a cost of living crisis, like a global cost of living crisis, every single hotel, even like even off peak, like even when it's a miserable weather, everything is just booked up mm. everywhere. And I'm like, where are these people coming from? Who are these people who can afford it? <laughs> yeah. And where are they getting the money from? Yeah. Just like, and I can't even like afford one night a hotel in London to go to a gig. Like, God. But even if you could afford it, would you? Mm. Would you spend mm. that money when you know it's such awful value for money, when you know the alternatives that you could get for that same price? I wouldn't. Oh, totally. Totally. I've got to go there to is Italy. No way. Um, I'm going to Italy for my cousin's wedding at the end of May. And I think my flight was £90 return. And how much was that train ticket you just bought to travel two and a half hours away? 120 Exactly. You know, and then my accommodation's only, I think my half's going to be like, what, 150 quid for five nights? It's just stupid. Yeah. England is stupid. Stupid, stupid England with its stupid but, ways. But, uh, but you're saying... <laughs> saying that and I'm saying that but do you think people in these countries we talk about are saying the the same thing do you think Probably. people in Italy are like Italy's so expensive and this is crazy and this is crazy. I can go to Turkey for this much. They yeah, probably maybe. are. I guess like other there's always going to be a cheaper place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess uh, also like in Europe, other countries have. I mean, we have the big issue of like the Brexit stuff and that completely messing up loads of our futures but then i guess other countries in europe for example have their own issues like france having their big riots because oh they the, love a riot they love a riot don't they france loves a riot les miserables um they, they, yeah that's their history it's like we are going to just revolution we are going to fight doesn't matter yeah, what yeah. it is we're just gonna fight it but like literally i don't know if you've followed this news but like in france people have been like burning down 200 year old buildings and rioting in the streets because macron raised the pension age from 62 to 65 yeah and i'm just like what like our pension age in england gets raised to like 68 and we're just like grumble 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 oh well yeah, get on exactly. with life then <laughs> you know um, i like, guess we've just had like loads of laws about protests that say we have to protest but in a polite way so <laughs> You know, so. But it's the, it's the same here. The pension age here, like, it's just in the process of going up from 65 to 67. So ah. it's the same as everywhere else. But, you know, when they Crikey. when they made all these laws, like, 30, 40, 50 years ago, and let's make a pension for the old people, there weren't that many people. Mm. That's the thing. Now there's so many more people, and all those people who were around when they made the laws are now of age to get the pension, and they're like, we don't have enough money to pay all these people. So yeah. that's, every few years it just goes up another year. So, you know, it'll be, it'll, you know, by the time I get to 67, it will probably already have gone to 75. I'll, ne I'll never get the pension. I will die before it happens. Yeah, yeah. Because they'll just yeah, keep moving yeah. it, because there's just going to be more and more people and less and less money to pay those old people. So it's, yeah. it's, it's pointless. I'll never get it. It's just a dream now. What's the answer? Set set the crocs on everyone. What can you do? But yeah, I, I don't understand the the French. Go and burn down a um a new building. Why are you burning down a two hundred year old building? That's just stupid. I know, I know. I'm like very precious about old buildings. There's a really beautiful old building in Bristol that's going to be knocked down because they, the council just couldn't find anything to do with it. And instead of renovating it, they're just knocking it down. And it's like a beautiful Georgian. Mm. I was like, no, but what can you do? What can you do? But um, biggest Australian news, I, I think we need to, I mean, we need to talk about poor old Dame Edna, you know? Oh, yes. We just got to mention it. I don't know how in depth. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. I, well, the weird thing is, when I was growing up, through the 80s and 90s, Dame Edna was always around. She was always on TV. There was always like some special or there was a chat show or there was all, she was always around. But she hasn't been around for at least probably, well, not to that degree, for at least probably 10 or 15 years. Mm. I know she still did a few things. She, the character, you know, she was still doing stuff up until only yeah. about five years ago, I think. Yeah, because Barry Humphreys did a, was it a world tour or was it just a UK tour? He did uh, yeah, he did of, some hey. sort of like farewell thing. Yeah, quite I'm not literal. Sure what yeah. year it was, but yeah. yeah. But, he, but there is a, uh, I mean, it's a big distraction, but I'll, I'll tell you the, the story quickly. Mm-hmm. Barry Humphreys, along with Peter Cook, who you should know mm-hmm. Peter, from Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Derek and Clive, I know them well. Yeah, uh, Barry Humphreys, Peter Cook, and I think a third guy called John Pinder. Mm. Back in mid 80s, I think they literally created the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which is one of the biggest comedy festivals in the world Mm. and they at some point created an award which was you know like best show of the this year's comedy festival or whatever it was best I think it was just best show of that you know season and it was called the Barry after Barry Humphreys then 20... 15 or 20, no, I think it was 2017, uh, in some interview, Barry Humphreys was doing, and I don't know how they, I haven't seen the interview, I don't know how they got onto this topic, but the transgender issue was raised, and he had Mm. a few comments about it, which, again, I don't know if he was joking, or if it was serious, or if, I'm guessing it was joking and satire, because that's what he did, but apparently Mm. those comments were, you know, transgender people were not happy about it. And Hannah Gadsby, do you know that name? I don't know. She's a, well, oh, I don't want to misgender. Mm. Uh, I think she was a female. Now she's some sort of non-binary or something. I don't know. But she's in that community. And she did a tweet in 2018 saying Barry Humphreys is, he's an evil person and he picks on minorities. And it's not a great tweet. And the Melbourne International Comedy Festival dropped the name Barry from that award Uh, and a lot of people weren't happy about that but that minority won that battle and Barry Humphreys was not happy about you know the the comedy festival that he literally created that they've come out now saying we they're saying we didn't cancel him we just renamed the award and that was the right decision at the time and blah 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 but he wasn't happy about it and so that tweet has come up like literally just after he died and it's just made a massive Twitter storm but Twitter being Twitter I don't think it's that much of an issue outside of Twitter but I'm on Twitter and it's a massive issue yeah (laughs) it's a it's an issue in the sense that people are like I can't believe this tweet made it so that someone's creative output was essentially wiped away from them or, oh, too right, Barry Humphreys is a bastard. Well, I, I mean, I can see both sides of it. There was, um, oh, this is getting too serious now. What are we doing? Mm, I know. I can see both sides of it. I mean, he yeah. was in his mid-80s when he made those mm. comments. And, like, I don't expect anyone in their mid-80s to get their head around, you know, all this new stuff that's happening with different yeah, yeah. genders. And so like, I wouldn't expect anyone of that age to just, you know, snap their fingers and like, yep, I know all of it. Yep. Mm. Of course, they're going to have, you know, questions or different opinions about it. And that's fine. You can have yeah. different opinions. Well, apparently you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, but yeah. It's the kind of thing that like, I guess like someone like Joan Rivers would constantly make 
jokes about that sort of thing and for some reason like it's Joan Rivers so people were like yeah, oh yeah. Joan's at it again but when someone whose kind of comedy is I don't know they Edna it was like it was risque but I guess if people aren't used to them making those sort of jokes it's like it's like when people are trying to cancel the Ricky Gervais, Jimmy Carr, Dave Chappelle. It's kind of like, I guess it's really difficult because some people don't get the comedy and they don't get the... Especially, I think, some people don't understand British, British satire, but the idea of that kind of comedy level, I think some people just like comedy to be very traditional does that make sense like can you imagine like if a Derek and Clive thing came out today like it just wouldn't no one would get it no one would get that these aren't real I think don't think people get that comedians are essentially characters and so it's sometimes it's just funny for someone to kind of say something and they know it's yeah. not you know it's not that person's opinion it's kind of a oh should I be saying this oh and it's you know but I- yeah, I think difficult. it's as simple as people like jokes and comedy as long yeah. as it's not about them. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I think that's all it is. But as yeah. soon as they feel like they're the butt of the joke or they're, you know, under a- attack somehow, yeah. that's when they've got an issue with it. Yeah, totally. And I, and and, I, un- and yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, you're saying you just listed people who'd apparently been cancelled like Jimmy Carr and Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle. They're all still selling out shows worldwide. Yeah, Jimmy yeah, yeah. Carr is literally doing like over 50 shows shows in Australia over four months. Yeah. I don't think he's been cancelled. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. I think, oh, where did this even all start, see? Uh, did it start with Me Too? Is that where the, like, the cancellation thing sort of started? Um, I think I It think was around so. that time where that, it, it, it was, started yeah. coming out where like, well, all this stuff that happened in the past is finally coming out and now your life is over. That's where it started, like with Harvey Weinstein and there might have been a few before that, but that was the big one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think now, like at least five years on, it sort of happens and then everything just moves on. It's like totally. a big, de- it's a big deal for a couple of weeks and then nobody seems to care. Like Louis C.K. Yeah. Yeah, he did some stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not defending what he did in any way, but he's got his fans and he's still doing sold out shows all around the world. He's not, yeah. he's not going on, you know, Jimmy Fallon anymore. He's not no. in that sort of area that he used to be, but he's, he was so famous that he already has all his fans. So he can, he's got his website and he sell, he does everything through his website. He sells his tickets. He does everything. And it's sort of like going off grid because you're, you're not sort of in the massive publicity machine that you used to be in, but he was lucky, oh, lucky. But he, he had all his fans already, and now he's doing just fine. Even though effectively he's sort of been in in a way he's been cancelled, mm. but in a way he's still just going along doing his shows like he always did. Yeah, and it's it's weird how like some some people get cancelled, but then other people can do things, and it's almost like the news kind of gets washed away, and everyone kind of forgets about it, and people just get on. It's like oh, I didn't know. Like, for example, like, this is, again, this is all speculation stuff. For, for example, the director Brian Singer. Like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of weird stuff that's come out about him and underage boys and his relationship like Kevin Spacey. But that's all kind of been washed. Like, no no one really cares. Like, no one really says anything about it. It's, I, it's always like people get cancelled when it's convenient. But when it's not convenient, people, like, go, no, 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 we can't. This, this, is, this is nothing. Uh, was it Jonathan Majors recently? He's been dropped from something because he allegedly assaulted a woman he 
even though apparently there's a text from the woman saying, oh no, this uh, this has got out of control, this wasn't an assault um and there's video and apparently there's like video footage showing that jonathan majors basically it was just like, i think it was like a big domestic blow up basically and because someone was concerned and called the police or something but like nothing's been like mm. he hasn't been prosecuted for anything he just got brought in for questioning and now he's being dropped from things for like no reason and it's just so crazy it's like such a weird time isn't it it's, it's just like yeah well there we go there's our serious chat for the day it's serious. It's serious. And I think, yeah, it's just something to be... I feel like when we talk about creativity and creatives and cultures and people being themselves, I kind of feel like we're steering into a weird world where we're not being defined by our likes and our talents and our expertise. It's all like, oh, I'm a da 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 give me respect. Mm. It's weird. It's always comforting to know that it's not just where I live that that's happening. Oh, it's and everywhere. That, it's everywhere. You, do you know what I mean? And so I kind of feel like maybe the world is just going, like, we go in this big peak and trough, don't we, through history where... Yeah, things go crazy. Then there's, you know, the big correction, the overcorrection, and it just keeps going like that. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Talking about the sad news, poor Lily Savage dying too. Crikey. Do do you know Paul O'Grady? Oh, yeah, well, you you confused me there. See, Did I confuse you? Ah. Because I have no idea who Lily Savage is, but I know who Paul O'Grady is. That's blown my mind. I only know Paul O'Grady because he had some talk show, (laughs) which I saw a few episodes of for some reason. And then he died and everyone was talking about Lily Savage. And I'm like, well, who is, who's this? I have no idea. that's, That's so interesting. Is that to you? Is that as crazy as Barry Humphreys dying and someone saying they have no idea who Dame Edna is? Is that, that yeah, a similar that, thing? That's like, yeah, that's like someone going, oh, poor Barry Humphreys. Like, what? What, what do you mean yeah, Barry who? Humphreys? <laughs> Dame Edna died. Yeah, no, well, I'm no, to be fair, he was Lily Savage first and then became Paul O'Grady when he was a bit older. And But for me, I remember Lily Savage more because Lily Savage presented did lily savage do did, did blankety blank not first but was a presenter of blankety blank for ages and it was like absolutely hilarious and yeah had different shows and it was weird for me in fact lily savage was like my first introduction to drag really outside of pantomime so, so it, it was a similar thing to day medna it was just a guy who's yeah. dressing as a lady and that's the character yeah 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 and yeah and lily savage was i guess more famous than paul o'grady first and then um, and then Paul O'Grady had the show and then he had this like he did the show called For Love of Dogs which mm. he worked with Battersea Dogs and it's so weird like the way that Paul O'Grady's death has like swept the country and people are acting almost like I know that the nation's godfather has died or something mm. it's so strange like my mum is like so like <gasps> Oh no, you know, everyone's like, oh, not not the nice, nice man who loved the dogs, not him. <laughs> it's so strange. Mm. Like, front page of the news, like, oh, and the dogs have lined up to pay their respects <laughs> to Paul O'Grady. Ah, well, see, that's, know. we talked about that in like the first couple of episodes, I think, is just how much the UK love their pets. So yeah. it's no surprise that he did that show with the dogs and of course everybody Mm. loves him because he did a show with dogs yeah but was he gay yeah yeah he was so do you think while he was lily savage paul o'grady himself was not was not out as gay at that time 
and I he don't... possibly didn't come out until not that recently, you know, in the last 10, 20 years when it was a lot more acceptable to do that. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think they could know... be right? I don't know too much about the history. I know that he's got a daughter, so I don't know. I can't remember. He might have been married if... at one point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, but... But then again, yeah, so was Elton John, so who knows? Yeah, exactly. It's almost like, uh, I hate using the term boomer, but that generation, it's almost like they've just got around to accepting homosexuality, do you know what I mean? And now it's like, yeah, but they wouldn't have back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Weird. Like, yeah. Again, I don't know. We both don't know. But here's my, uh, what is it, hypothesis, my theory. Yeah. At the time, he felt he couldn't come out. So he's like, but I can do this character and I can act this way. And that's going to be perfectly fine because I'll be dressed as a woman. I can act whatever whatever way. That's fine. Mm. And then at whatever point, he's like, I think now the world's caught up. I can probably come out and be myself now, whether that was in like the 90s or the 2000s or whatever that was. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, interesting. Just a it's thought. like, I mean, the British have always had this, you know, love of pantomime and the extravagant, like, you know, satire, um, stupid costumes. But people in general, I think, you're right, they love a minority comedy if the minority is taking the mick out of themselves. A similar thing, I think, like with Julian Clary, for example. Mm. Do you know Julian Clary? Yep. Yep. Um, so Julian Clary like used to be really over the top yeah, and has now been able to kind of rein in his showiness in a way. I mean, still has a little bit of wears some makeup or what have you, but has kind of been less loud. Again, I don't know if that's an, just someone growing older and feeling less like, oh, this is a lot of effort to put a lot of makeup on or what have you. Mm. But I, yeah, I, want, I wonder if like we used to live in a generation where it's like, Oh, if you're well, if you're gonna be gay or you're gonna be into dressing up as a woman, then you need to be the most self-deprecating, over-the-top person that you could be to make us laugh. And we, it's yeah. always like we need to know who you are so that we can kind of latch onto that. I don't know. It's interesting. England's weird in that way. I think we're the only. <laughs> I mean, obviously across the world, there's different versions, but I think we're the only country that has like pantomime. I don't think anyone outside of England would really understand what a pantomime was. For yeah, example. unless you've. Yeah, I mean, maybe other countries have similar things, but it's a very English thing with the he's behind you and all that weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I don't even know how long pantomime as it is now will really mm, It last. seems very old-fashioned. It seems like very 70s and 80s, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and also the whole concept of like a man dressing up as a woman and that being the mm. butt of a joke. Yeah, Like now can't... it's just like, oh, this person, oh, yeah, like that's how just hilarious. acceptable. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that it's... That, that can't last too much longer. Um, men dressing up as women, women dressing up as men. That's not a... Uh, it's not funny anymore to people. So the whole concept of pantomime, like goodies versus baddies, song and dance, satire, sure. But I think, it's yeah, it's a weird... It's a tradition that's going to fizzle out. Just like so many other things, which we all laughed at 30 years ago, yeah, mm. that will at one point just be like, that's not happening anymore. That's not funny mm. anymore. Mm. Uh, yeah, it, it happens to so many things. But then there's some things which just won't die, like Morris dancing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the things that should go away are not going away. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. 
Do you have anything like that over in Australia? There probably is. I just can't think of it now. Yeah, I guess you don't uh, really have the. You probably would have brought it over with you. Yeah, I'll have to have a think. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I, there are things. Yeah, I guess just such such a young young country in that way i don't like i always like australia as it is now is even younger than the u.s right so i guess yeah only just i think we're only about 10 15 years behind Mm. very young and i think i said this before but like you can see an old building or an old bridge here and it can literally be like one of the oldest things in the country and it's like 1858 and you're just like and then you go over to europe and you're like this house is the 14th century and it's like how is it even still standing up that's just insane i know did did i send you a picture the other day of this house which looked like it was melting yes 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 the first time i went around europe and just saw old stuff it blew my mind because I'd just never seen anything more than like 150, 200 years old because that's all there is here. And then to go over there and they're like, oh, this is like 600 years old. And it's like, I don't even, my brain, no understand. It doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just crazy. Yeah. So I was at Bletchley Park yesterday for some filming and to listeners who don't know Bletchley Park, it was a a manor house which was used in World War II for the, um, for code cracking and a lot of bright young minds work there, especially women. And it's where the Enigma Code was invented. Was, it, was uh, there a movie about that guy? There's been, yeah, two two movies. I didn't see um, the movie, but I remember there was a movie oh, at least five years ago about, was it Cumberbatch? I can't remember. Yeah, so yeah, the imitation game about Alan Turing, who worked on all that. And also there's another movie called The Enigma Code with Kate Winslet, which was in the... I want to say early 2000s and it's also you can it's also kind of featured in they've what's they film Doctor Who there and some Mm. other bits and bobs but like we were filming in this tea room and there was a big Victorian fireplace and the person who works for the park was saying oh yeah like in the 1940s everyone hated this Victorian fireplace and thought it was like a really ugly piece because I guess for someone in the 1940s that was like quite a modern thing Mm. and in the same way that we hate like brutalist architecture and then it kind of blew my mind that there was this Victorian fireplace that we were using and I was just like wow it's like such an old thing to still be standing and yeah it just all blows my mind really about how I guess fireplaces are um, strong things though like I've seen driving around countryside here you'll see like houses which have been burnt down or whatever what are the one or two things still left standing the fireplaces the entire house is gone but there's these like 100 year old brick fireplaces still 10 meters high it's crazy yeah we have a similar thing there was um around the there's a by the canal near me there's this there was a pub and it got blown up during the war and all that's remaining is the fireplace so then do we all just need to hide in fireplaces when there's a mm, yeah i think that's a good idea yeah the fireplace and the chimney that's the place because that's the only Maybe place that survives that's what father christmas is doing every year <laughs> he's actually just hiding he's trying not to get <laughs> blown up somehow yeah yeah exactly <laughs> But um, yeah, what else going on? Did I coronation? Did I cut you off saying something a minute ago? I don't know. If you did, it was probably worth doing because I'm (laughs) rambling and I'm knackered. I had a blooming 12-hour day yesterday. I had to get the blooming underground. Okay, I think I was sat opposite Hugh Dennis. Oh yeah, on the underground. And if it wasn't him, it was that unemployed bum. (laughs) 
if it wasn't him, it was someone who looked so like him. And I kept trying to, like, I caught his eye a little bit, and he was, like, obviously getting really annoyed, and I wasn't sure if it because it was actually Hugh Dennis, and he was like, oh, stop looking at me, or if he was like, why is this crazy woman on the underground staring no, no. at me? If he looks that much like him, he's probably sick to death of people thinking, you're Hugh Dennis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was good. But yeah, my brain's a bit pickled from just like navigating. How many trains did I catch yesterday? Four. I had to get, yeah, Paddington to Euston. No, because then I had to get a Central Line, then a Victoria Line, and then I had to get another train to Bletchley. <laughs> See, that just sounds like a dream to me. I can't wait till I can go back to London and go on the tube and just go around places. So much fun. The, the, the tube, I think, is probably the best subway system that I've been on and easiest to navigate. I've been on, mm. I can't remember what it's, the Metro in Paris was fine, but a bit dirty and creepy. And they had like double-decker trains, which weirded me I out. would only compare it with Paris and New York. New York is weird. But I think if you grew up with it, you'd understand everything. It's one of it's just one of those things. New York, the subway is cheap. I was amazed that I could get a week pass on the mm. subway for 30 bucks. And I could go in any zone. But then, you, tra- then you travel on it and you understand why it's so cheap. <laughs> yeah, but you go to the underground and it's £8.20 just for a day for zones one and two. Mm, yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, that's really bloody expensive. But yeah, the the, the subway in New York, I was just like, I, I got lost multiple times. Like, they, why do they make it so complicated? Just stop having these like fast trains and... Yeah, New York... You've got like you've got the up and the down lines, but then you've got the local and the express, and yeah, it's again. If you grew up with it, you'd understand it'd be just second nature. You wouldn't even think about it. But coming in as a outsider, it's like this is really confusing. But people would say the same thing probably about the tube. But I think the yeah. tube is easier. Yeah, I think the tube's easier. I, as I well. had no problem getting around there. And Paris, I think, is pretty good as well. I mean, the only real thing is language barrier, but. You don't have to talk to people that much. But Paris one's pretty good too. Is Paris, Paris I think the Paris one's, is it older, maybe? I think than... so. Yeah, I, I found the the Paris one's quite similar to mm. the underground. I just found the Paris one, I, like, I, I was a woman alone and I found mm. that a bit scary. Same with yeah. New York, I guess. Like, I feel, generally, I feel safer on the underground because I feel like there's a lot more staff. And it's because it's so compact as well. It's always busy. Whereas when I was on the the metro or the subway, there were, are periods where you're catching it and some of the stations are quite quiet and you're just a little bit like, oh, this is scary, yeah. actually. This is weird. Okay, so have you seen the film Morbius? No. Probably not, right? <laughs> okay, it's okay. Morbius with Jared Leto got released last year, that uh, Marvel vampire movie. And for some reason, they tried to pass off the London Underground as the New York subway. Uh-huh. And it's so obviously the underground. Yeah. It was stupid. It was, like, so stupid. You can't do that. Like, someone was like, don't do this in my city. It's like, what, London? <laughs> Weirdos. Stop it. Anyway, there you go. That's, that's some British stuff. Ooh. Well, that's like when you watch The Matrix and you're like, that's Sydney. He's walking down George Street in Sydney and it's just like, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah, or in The the Batman. Oh, that's St George's Hall in Liverpool. Mm. Okay. It's so funny when they use such... But I suppose if you haven't been to Sydney, you wouldn't know that that's Sydney. Right, yeah. 
but because I've walked that street a thousand times, I like, yeah, I've been in that shop. I know that. I've been everywhere there. And it's so obvious. But if, I suppose if you haven't been there, you wouldn't know. No, but it's particularly interesting when between England and America, when they try to pass off each other's architecture, you kind of, as mm. a Brit, you just... You yeah. just know because if it's a really old place, you're like that is quite that is obviously England. America doesn't have any architecture really that looks like that. And then I was watching a, a Netflix series and it was supposedly set in Britain and it was like a country manor. I was like, I don't know any British country manor that looks like this. <laughs> like the way it was like the red brick was integrated with some other stone, and, and mm. I was just like, no, where is this? It was like obviously it was like Vancouver or something. Yeah, you know. So it's um yeah it's weird. But then I wouldn't necessarily be able to spot like an Aust- Australian architecture. The only way I would be able to spot if somewhere was Australia in comparison with England, I guess, is if a big bloody kangaroo was jumping <laughs> through the street or if it was the outback or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, like I could send you pictures of really old, like, you know, old, old buildings here. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, because everyone who built them was English Yeah. back in the 1800s. So you probably wouldn't know the difference. But then as things evolved here and houses and houses, the style of houses and everything changed, then they started to get different. But if you looked at any of those first 50 at least years of building buildings here, they're all just English style, whatever style that was at the time, because it was English people building them and English Mm. architects and English everything. Yeah. But then wouldn't they have built them in a different way because of the heat? Or just not a factor? Uh, I don't know. Because I think our houses are buildings, built to keep insulated. Normal buildings or houses? I'm talking House. about like banks and oh, know, I see. big, oh, okay. big fancy buildings oh, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all I'm... made with like massive meter thick sandstone. You know, they're very well insulated anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for us, like I think other countries laugh at us about our inability to deal with summer. And the reason we can't deal with summer here is because all our houses are built to keep heat in mm. and it's flipping horrible. So an English summer is like, it's so different. I don't know if you felt this, but like the heat hits different. The way you go around every day, it just hits different. Whereas I feel like, I think it's because it's like, it's not dry heat. It's like wet heat, you know, it's humidity. Mm. But it, did you feel that when you lived here? That it hit different than Australian summers? I'm just trying to remember. I think the hottest I remember was maybe 28. And it did mm. feel hot. I do remember thinking it was different somehow, but I didn't know how. Mm. Because I, I was looking at the thing and it said 28. And I'm like, but does it feel hotter than 28? I don't know. It was weird because then I'm like, I've been in Sydney when it's like 47 degrees. And like, I know what that feels like. Mm. But it was just... It was somehow different, but I, it was 20 years ago. I don't remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult to describe. Like, I know I've been in other country where, where, countries where I've had a similar centigrade and it's just felt more bearable just different. than it has yeah. here, you know. Um, so. Oh, and it, like if, if you go to, I was going to say, like Orlando, I mean, that's different. But if you go to anywhere like near the equator, if you go to Singapore and it's just not that far off 100% humidity. It's mm. Even though it's only 30 degrees, it's 32 degrees. It's not that hot, but the humidity just, you're like breathing like liquid. It's just, it's so stifling heat. But it's the temperature's not that hot. And again, humidity makes a massive difference to how hot it feels. Mm, 100%. I mean, I've never been to Asia as a continent, which is quite sad. 
But yeah, that's really cheap. You got to go there. I've never been to a jungle. Oh my god! I know. What is my life? I've never listen. Okay, what is my life? <laughs> if you want to sponsor this podcast, so oh that yeah, let's get Grace can, to to Malaysia and go to the jungle. I can go to a jungle. And what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Oh, I've already been there loads of times. I'm fine. Do you want to go to England? Where do you want to go? What, what Norway? Oh well, it, well, if someone else is paying, sure, let's go. Yeah, let's go to England. Yeah, Iceland. No, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you in Malaysia. We'll go okay. to the jungle. Yeah. And then maybe come to Australia. Right. Because you've here's got to come idea. here. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a sponsorship idea. Okay. Who wants to give us like 20 grand <laughs> and we'll we'll travel to different countries and give you our British we'll do a Australian updates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a Britain Aussie visit Malaysia. How do you feel? I'm humid. I yeah. don't like it. And the other, yeah, that's what we'll do. And I'll go, oh, look at the animals. And you'll go, I don't want to be outside. Get me in the air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, let's go on a hike. And you'll be like, can Off I not? Off you go. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm going to go swim in the ocean and see all the creatures. And you'll be like, you're going to mm. die. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the old, old coronation's coming up. Um, are you excited? I saw a theatre close to where I am, and it said, free entry. Yeah. They are showing the coronation. I don't know what time of day it's going to be in Australia, but they are showing it free in this theatre. You can just go in there and watch it for free. And I'm like, how are they not charging money? No one does anything for free. The owner of this theatre must be a big royal lover because no one's doing that for free. I thought that was really bizarre. Well, it's Saturday the May, May the 6th and yeah. it starts at 11am UK time. So whatever time it is, it's now. Now it's 11am here. Okay, so, so whatever time well it here is. in Adelaide that's 7.30pm. So that's reasonable time. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not midnight or 2am. That's good. No. So I um, mm, uh, hope you're excited about that. I don't know if I am. Uh, it's a big thing. I mean... It will be yeah. massive because there hasn't been one for since, God, when was it? 1950-something? Yeah. 53. So it is going to be a massive thing, the likes of which haven't been seen for since 1953. Yeah. But I, I did hear somebody say on the radio, I think today, and they're like, oh, King Charles wants to make it like the most eco-friendly he can and he's going to be cutting things and doing things differently and I was like okay good mm. because he's going to get criticised to death anyway I mean there's all the people who just think the royal family the whole thing's just a antiquated rubbish and just get rid of it all yeah, but yeah, they're yeah. still blowing you know tens of millions of pounds on this coronation whatever it's going to cost so they're going to criticise it anyway but at least he can try to make it somehow better which yeah, is a, a start yeah didn't he used to have a car that ran on like fish and chip oil or something probably do you remember that story uh, maybe, or am i just yeah, imagining I think, things no yeah i think i think you're right he had some sort of like i think it was like a fancy it was like rolls royce or something but it ran on like you know reused yeah. oil or something yeah yeah no i remember that i remember that but then like we have buses in bristol that run on poo so <laughs> you know shit bus yeah uh, that's a good idea he's also got this um do you know about this town he invented called poundbury no does everything cost a pound no it's on like poundland <laughs> pound which land. may i add <laughs> Poundland is no longer Poundland. It's no. actually like at least two Poundland. Yeah, exactly. It's stupid. I had to go there the other day. I was like, ugh, what is this place? <laughs> Poundbury. Poundbury is an experimental urban extension on the western outskirts of Dorchester in the county of Dorset, England. It was led by King Charles III when he was Prince of Wales, and it's just basically like this whole weird town experiment that he invented. 
and you can like go and live there basically Ooh. it's a sustainable eco town and it's got like a community orchard and uh digester plants and things like that interesting anyway that's just a weird tidbit for you because i don't know mm. if people know but the king our now king invented a town so is he a, uh, is he a landlord do they pay uh, him rent? It can't, oh, pers- it can't personally be owned by him. The land might be owned by him. But it'd be like crown land. Well, I guess he owns th- he owns that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to... It was built in 1987. Oh, in his heyday. Yeah, hay it's day. his land. It's, his, it's the, the douchey... Du- duchy? Douchey. I call him the douchey of Cornwall. Douchey I, yeah, of Cornwall I always land. see that. I always see that D-U-C-H-Y. And it's, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I always... Like, is it duchy? It's such a weird word. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And it's really funny because um, our super, uh, Waitrose, which is uh, quite a middle-class supermarket, which I shop at and I have no shame because the food's good, but um, the douchey of... <laughs> I say douchey. It's probably... It's not douchey. <laughs> but, like, because... <laughs> It's got these like products which are basically grown on his land. So we've got like loads of products in Waitrose called like douchey eggs or like douchey <laughs> dates and stuff. And it's just like so funny. Douchey butter. It makes me laugh every time. I'll take a photo next time I see some douchey <laughs> product, which will probably be today actually. It's like douchey eggs from blacktail chickens and stuff. It's like fancy. Oh, douchey you just, butter. You just reminded me of going shopping when I was in the UK. I'm going to tell you my two favourite things that you cannot get in Australia. You can probably get them in other countries, but you can't get them here. Mm. And I lived on them when I was in England. One of them is a breakfast cereal. Uh, It might not even still be around. It's called Golden Nuggets. It is the best breakfast cereal that was ever invented. I I did love a Golden Nugget, yeah. Are they still around? I don't think they are. I think they're an American cereal and it's too sugary. But yeah, I used to have that when I was little. Oh my God. "Mm -mm." So good. Just little gold puffs of whatever they are. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delish. That was the breakfast. The other yeah. thing, which I guess is, well, you could have it for breakfast if you wanted to, but I, I, I don't think I did. And it comes in like a metal foil thing and it's got like a cardboard lid and it's some sort of fish pie. Yeah. And they literally used to be like 99p 20 years ago. I'm sure they're not anymore. But it was just like a whatever fish in like this, like a white cream sauce. And then yeah. it had like fancy Mash. like mashed potato and a bit of cheese oh, on yeah. top and they were yeah. frozen and you yeah. just chuck them in the agar for like 40 minutes and it was the yeah. best food I've ever freaking eaten. And you Listen. cannot even buy such a thing in this country, which drives me mad because I want to eat that. If I ever if I ever get over to Australia, I will make <laughs> you gonna, a fish pie. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I could easily make it. I, I just, it's, it was just, you know, when they're 99p, why would you bother? <laughs> fish pie is like, I mean, fish is really expensive here. I, I don't know why, but when I was young, like fish pie was like the cheap and cheerful dish. I grew oh. up on fish pie and my mum used to add eggs as well, boiled egg, oh, yeah. like sliced boiled egg and then do the mash and then do some like cheddar on the top. Yep. I love fish pie and I don't make it at home because um, my other half doesn't really like... He doesn't like fish and he doesn't like the idea of fish being in a cheese sauce, which I totally get. It's definitely like a, a distinct combination of things. But yeah, fish pie is so yum. And if it's ever on a menu, I will order it because I don't get to eat yeah, it. Yeah, if I ever see it 
here, I will be buying yeah. it because it's literally one of my favorite foods, which I haven't eaten for like 20 years. Well, hey, listen, now because of Brexit. And I'm just I'm just dumb and lazy that I haven't made it myself. I'm sure I could. No, it, it's it's effort because you've got to make you've got to make the roux sauce with flour, butter and milk. And then you've got to poach mm. the fish and then you've got to put it all together and you've got to boil the mash and then make the mash and put that on top. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's like making a lasagna or, you know, and again, like pies are effort. Yeah. Um, see, that's, maybe, that's the thing. When it was 99p yeah. on sale, geez, why would you go to all the effort of making it when it's it's there? It's done. Yeah, it's totally. And it was totally. so easy. But oh, maybe a, now because of Brexit and we've got like better trade deals with Australia and New Zealand, maybe maybe we'll give you fish pie. I need to you keep my know. eye uh, maybe at Aldi because if it's going to turn up anywhere, it'll be Aldi. Why do you have Aldi in Australia? No way. Of course we've got what? Aldi. We don't have little, but we've got Aldi. I, I, to be honest, I don't have an Aldi near me, so I haven't shopped at one for Yonkers. I used so. to love little. Oh, my God. They used to have these... I mean, they were probably maybe a 10-inch frozen pizza, and they were really, like, cheap. And, again, they were probably one ninety nine or something. But they were just this frozen pizza... And, you know, you just put your own stuff on it. And again, just chuck it in the oven. Oh, what a bargain. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Little Aldi lifesavers to the student community, especially. Oh, yeah. I only have Morrison's and Waitrose to go to. I'm just trying to think where I did most of the shopping. It was probably Sainsbury's. There was yeah. a Morrison's, but I think I probably went to Sainsbury's and Tesco's the most, actually. Yeah, those are those are the classic. Those are the cheap, cheaper, cheaper places to go. Morrison's is weird now. It would have been Sainsbury's or Tesco's that had the fish pie. Next time you go, yeah, send me a photo of some fish pies, just I, so I, I can, will. just so I can cry. <laughs> I will. I'll, and, and every time I see a fish pie, I'll, and yep. um, if I ever see golden nuggets again. Oh. I'll let you know. But um, do you like a um, do you like a shepherd's pie? Oh, uh, I do, but they seem oh, what's the, to me now? They seem very basic. Mm. Even though you know I love a pie and I love mashed potato, but a shepherd's pie it just seems. I mean, it's it's cheap and filling, which is I guess mm. the point is the point of it. But mm. yeah, I've never had one that tasted amazing. They've always just tasted like shepherd's pie. You know, it's got mince, it's got, you know, mm. peas and carrots and whatever else in it. But I, yeah, I've never had one that blew my mind. They've always just been, oh, well, that filled me up. Good job. Done. But the taste buds weren't like, oh, wow, that was that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd, but the fish pie, the fish pie, oh, my God, every single pie. time I ate it, it blew my mind because it's that good. Toad in the hole. I'm sure I have had that. <laughs> I've eaten all those weird English, like Yorkshire puddings and blood puddings. I've had all those weird things. I've had haggis and all that stuff, but I only ate them all once. And I'm like, yep, okay, I know what that is now. I don't need to have that again. It's just, it's just the fish pie that hits the most. Yeah, yeah. It was the fish okay. pie that that was the one thing that was like, yep, this is this is how you live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I hope. Listen, along with this twenty thousand dollars pounds to travel us around the world, somebody send me set, a fish pie. <laughs> someone send him a fish pie for goodness' sake. I don't an hour at last being frozen traveling in fact yeah. let's let's try and find a sponsor for a fish pie company no well no just... here's the way there has to be a super basic recipe that even i could make yeah but i suppose the more basic it is the the less tasty it'll be but i suppose i can figure that out but first of all like yeah. i can get fish it's easy to get fish and cook fish so all I need is like a basic white sauce, but I want—I wish I could just buy a white sauce. I don't want to even make it. You, you must buy be a, a white sauce. You must just be able to buy a jar of whatever white sauce. You can. Put fish in it, cook that. Yeah. That, then that part's done. Then do your mash. It can't be that yeah. hard. 
No, if you want to do it basic, you cook your fish, get a white sauce, which I know like Dolmio do like a white sauce, yeah. so I'm sure you can get one. Then Cheesy. You don't even, yeah, then you don't even need to, you can just get some smash if you want. Do you know what I mean? Just add some water. Oh, no, no, some... you got to do, you got to do real mash. <laughs> I've, that is one no, of I the, wouldn't. fake mashed potato was one of the worst things ever invented. Yeah, no, It's horrible. It, it always tastes bad. Every time it I've had it. it I've does. never. I do yeah. agree. It's not yeah. hard. Like, and, and I'm not even talking whip, uh, mashed potato. It's got to be literally whipped. I don't want a single lump in that mashed potato. Right. It gotcha. is potato. You smash the crap out of it with the, yeah. the masher. Then you go yeah. the whisk, you know, you put your, your butter or margarine, your milk, your bit of salt, yeah. and you whip that bastard. <laughs> you to whip yeah. the crap out of it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want a single lump in it. Uh, no. Oh, and God, you don't man. want any bones from the fish. No. You don't want to no, have no, a no. fire sne- No, bleh. Don't want to die. No thanks. No thanks. No sneaky bone there. What fish oh. would you use? Bit of haddock? I would buy whatever is cheap. <laughs> I don't even care. It's that the fish isn't even the point of it. I think it's just the cheesy, mashy mm. goodness part of it. I was literally saying the other day, like it wouldn't if even I had matter to, if I had to eat one meal for the rest of my life. I literally would just want a big jacket potato with a crunchy Ooh. skin, butter, and cheddar cheese, and I would just be happy. Oh, that would be good. I would die, but <laughs> that is my ultimate. Oh, if I had to choose one, if you could only choose one food that you had to eat for the rest of your life i think it'd have to be pizza yeah because then you could sort of on a technicality there's many different types of pizza yeah that's so true unless someone says no you have to pick a type of pizza yeah then you just pick the one with everything on it because then you yeah. can always take some off <laughs> yeah true see I, I i i since i got diagnosed with being celiac i always like struggle with the pizza thing because mm. they always make it's like i can't just like rock up to any pizza place and they always make the gluten-free pizza so much more expensive yeah it just doesn't hit the same. Even if they make a gluten-free pizza, some places are still so dumb that they'll still cook it in the same area as everything else. So it's yeah. still not 100% safe. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, we've got gluten-free base. Oh, it's not celiac friendly though. It's like, well, who, who are these bastards who just go around going, I'm oh, gluten-free, yeah. but it's not really a thing for me. Like, oh, that's, yeah, that's off. just, that's their fashion. That's their, that's yeah. their new fad. Yeah. So, yeah, I, oh, I, I want to pay way more for my food just for fun. Oh, it's not like, it's not an intolerance, man. Mm. It's serious, like you know. Ugh, hate people, but I also, love them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you say that a lot. I know. I, I usually know. just say I... the first part and just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, I think we've talked more than enough. At least we were a lot more focused on UK and Australia. Oh, mostly UK things this time, but that's fine. <laughs> That's, so, that's sort of the point of the show, so that's it's good we actually talked about things. Fish yeah, pie, look, come on, send me fish your fish is, pie recipe. Yeah, oh my gosh, send us up your fish pie recipes, or send us your pics. if anybody, oh yeah, if you've made one, send me a yeah. photo of that. Or if you're in Australia and you know where I can buy one, tell me now, tell me right or now. go to his house, his address is... Um, well, I'm in a caravan, so moving all around, so you'll never find me. <laughs> oh, you'll never catch him. <laughs> I'm in Adelaide somewhere. Good luck. Yeah. If you see a caravan looking sad, just give it a fish pie. Knock on the door with a fish pie. (laughs) Yes, yes. If you see anyone sitting in their car with a laptop and a microphone, which is what I'm doing right now, it's probably me because it's not a thing that many people do. (laughs) No. Just get get a fish pie on the bonnet. That would be so amazing if someone (laughs) actually found me and walked up and they're like, oh my God, I found you. (laughs) That would be the freakiest thing on earth.
Oh, and it has like a, a symbol in like a, a, a grated <laughs> print symbol on the top. Oh, yeah. It didn't have oh, to be a Prince fan. It didn't have to be. No one <laughs> yeah. else would be crazy enough to search me out and find me and make a fish pie. <laughs> a purple dish just for you. <laughs> oh, if it's a fish pie, I don't care what colour dish is. Anyway. <laughs> wow. That's all we've got. Emotional. Um, <laughs> I'm, I was thinking, do I live tweet about the coronation and my thoughts? I might do it. I might not. I'll let you know if I do. If I watch it even, who knows? Well, we'll at least see. it'll be at a, a reasonable time for me to watch it. So, yeah, I'll watch it. And then we can talk about You're, that. Yeah, all right. Cool. Sounds good. Well, uh, I'll, I'll well leave you with my um, my thought for the week, for month, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, Beyonce's very overrated. Agreed. Oh, my God. Really? Good. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Like... And if you yeah, even yeah, if you yeah. even say that on Twitter, you are just instantly murdered by hundreds of thousands of Beyonce army people. And it's like, yeah. oh, so you're you're no. all about tolerance, but not if somebody doesn't like Beyonce. Okay, good, good to know. Beyonce is overrated, and I hate Lady Gaga. You hate her? Whatever, Lady Gaga, get out my face. Who are you? <laughs> oh, born this way, born what way? Rich and and a faker. <laughs> <laughs> I like some of her songs, but the person, the personality, yeah. I, I have no opinion. I just don't care. I mean, yeah, she does crazy stuff. She had the meat dress, all that. I don't care. But I like some songs. Anyway. You'd like her more if it was a fish pie dress, let's be honest. Ooh, that would not smell good. <laughs> or would it? <laughs> or would it? Let us know. That's all. That's the end. That's it. Bye. Okie dokie. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> what? What a ridiculous end. <laughs> Beyonce's awful and so is Lady Gaga. Goodbye. <laughs> That's the best end ever. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and factual.